Hello and welcome to the download. I'm your host Dave Richardson, and I am really happy to have back, uh, given what uh, what's going on uh, in the global economy, and 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 certainly what has been uh, in 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 mainstream media, so outside of financial media, uh, and on the consciousness of of, of really all consumers, uh, is is inflation and the direction of interest rates. So I don't think I could get a better person on to talk about that than Walter Pashevko from RBC Global Asset Management. Walter, uh, welcome back. Thank you, David. Good to be here. And, uh, and we, uh, we taped an earlier podcast with Walter, and I really encourage you to go back and listen to that because it lays out Walter's extensive background. So if I'm saying I'm bringing on an expert in this area, you go listen to that podcast and you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. And so, Walter, the, uh, the inflation report out in the U.S. today, uh, big number when you, when you look at it, but markets have reacted in, in sort of a surprising way to it. Anything you're taking away from, from looking at that inflation report this morning and, and just, I guess, the series of inflation numbers that we've been seeing so far this year? Yeah, you correctly point out, Dave, that inflation has been the number one issue on people's minds as economies are opening up slowly here in Canada, but much more quickly in the U.S. and to a, to a sort of a middle extent in, the, in Europe. And so everyone's talking about, okay, what's inflation going to be? Because we've got these demand shocks with people coming back to, into, into really economic life again. People are sitting on a whole bunch of cash and savings accounts, businesses are sitting on cash in their deposit accounts. So there's an expectation that all of a sudden things is going to blow up in terms of prices. And we are seeing that. I mean, everyone knows who's done groceries or filling up your car with gas. Prices are certainly going up. But the fact that everything is more expensive in a one-shot uh, environment, as we're seeing right now, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to continue. And that's what inflation is really built on. Inflation is not necessarily higher prices. Inflation is an uh, increasing rate. Of, of, of price increases, you see. And so today's releases in the U.S. were not unexpected. People were, were banning about all kinds of big numbers. I mean, they are pretty big. I mean, the core number in the U.S., I don't think it's been seen in over 30 years. Yes. And, and so the Fed all along has been saying, well, don't worry about this. We all know this is going to happen because we're comparing it to a base of last year where everything was shut down, the economy was moribund. And so when you can make a comparison year over year to that, the numbers are obviously – much more scary. but uh, And so the, in the early months of the year, the markets were struggling with, is the Fed right or wrong? Yes. And at first, with rates, when they were backing up, the markets were making a bet that the Fed is wrong, that they're going to lose control of the situation, and the markets were pricing in the term premium, where it's a risk premium, if you will, into rates. But I think, obviously, the way bond markets have been behaving the last month, month and a half, they're starting to buy into the Fed's position. And not just the Fed, by the way, Bank Canada as well, most central banks. Yes. They're sitting on, or they're still sitting to that position. They're they're on that. They're taking that view that what we're seeing today is going to be temporary. It'll be what they call transitory. And then when the base effect moves its way out of the calendar, which will be now because the next number for June is going to be based on a number that last year already saw improvement. So they're saying that things will start getting better. So you can argue at this point in time that today's bad numbers are the high watermark okay. for inflation. And so the view. If, if for better or for worse, and I, I subscribe to the view. I never fight the Fed. If the Fed has got PhDs coming out of the yin yang studying this stuff, if they yeah. think it's going to be transi- transitional, I, I don't have any reason to to argue with that. So I'm thinking that this may be 
the high water mark. I think that we're not going to have an, uh, an abrupt, you know, inverted V-shaped response to inflation where it kind of spikes up and then falls again. It's more yeah. likely going to stay at elevated levels as we work our way through supply chain problems and more and more people coming back into the economy and then uh, consumption switching from goods to services. So expect you to hire costs for haircuts and meals and maybe even movies. All this stuff is going to continue feeding into the overall inflation discussion. But I think structurally the forces that either support inflation or don't argue that inflation over long term is going to be coming off again. And uh, th- th- thanks for that, Walter, because I, I, I know people who have uh, been listening to this podcast uh, know that uh, looking at me on a screen and we're actually taping this via video, uh, my, my hair triggers people to think about haircuts because I, I clearly need one. So this has been an ongoing theme in the podcast. I'm, I'm glad you're, you're playing along. But it, 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 so you, you, you've been on, you, as you said, you've been on the side of, of the central bankers and what they've been thinking for quite some time. There's nothing that, that you've seen thus far that really changes your perspective on, on how this plays out uh, over the next year or two? Well, there are risks to that, obviously. I mean, we can't say with 100% certainty that the central banker's view is correct, because one thing they can't control is what people expect of inflation. And I think that's what's keeping central bankers up at night. You can look at all the numbers and you can explain them one way or another, but if the expectational component of inflation, it's kind of a buzzword, uh, which really all it means is people's perception of prices starts changing. When people start believing that prices are going to start going up and up and up and up, their behavior will adjust in such a way to make it a self-fulfilling prophecy. And that's where the risk is here, is that if that happens, if enough people, if enough uh, active parts of the economy start believing that inflation is going to keep going higher, and that, that the Fed will lose control, it, it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy then. Because obviously, if rates are going up, or if you think if prices are going up, you're going to jump in earlier. And that's just going to feed the frenzy that we're seeing already now, yeah. uh, that's only so far caused by people returning to the, to, you know, to a pre-pandemic sort of economy. So that's the risk. That being said, when you look at the big picture, when you look at the structural uh, forces at work, let's say pre-pandemic, no one was talking about inflation. Demographics were working against it. You had technology working against it. You had globalization. You had a whole bunch of long-term structural forces that worked, that worked against inflation. Then we had this incident with the pandemic where everybody shut down. It all came back, spiked everything up in prices. And so the question now is, okay, you said one, two years from now. Will it continue? My guess is no. I mean, right now you can't buy a car because there are pieces missing, because there are chip shortages. So you can buy a car, but all of a sudden it won't have uh, anti-lock brakes or it won't have rear-view mirror cameras or something like that. So used car prices are going through the roof because people can't get their hands on new cars. So all these things are kind of, kind of happening now that are connected to not real fundamentals, but supply chain problems. That probably will, will, will correct itself within that time frame that you mentioned of one to two years. So until I see evidence to the contrary, I don't see any reason to fight the Fed here, fight the bank, if they say that this is going to be transitional and uh, that, that's going to, it's going to probably have a period of elevated inflation numbers and then some small decline again as the normal forces reassert themselves in the economy and we put this whole pandemic nightmare behind us. Wow. Walter, that was, that was about as good an explanation of all of that as, as I've ever heard. I was, I was just trying to explain all of this to my mom on the phone who's concerned about meat prices at the grocery store, 
and I wish I'd had you on the phone with me to uh, to do that. So I'll get her to listen to the podcast so she'll uh, she'll actually understand it as I bungled the explanation relative. Well, I probably wouldn't make her feel any better because the fact of the matter is that things are still going up in price and it's real. Yeah. Uh, anything that's not uh, regulated is going up in price, and that's going to be with us for a while. That's always something, right? With meat, it's the, it's the recent hack of that large meat uh, uh, producer. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. There's so many things happening at the same time. If it's not a supply chain problem, it's somebody getting hacked or, or having a, uh, a crypto blackmail incident t- taking place or like the colonial pipeline, what that yeah. did for gas prices. It always, always seems to be something coming down the pike. But, you know, when you're looking at the big picture of inflation and, you know, unions uh, negotiating COLA into their contracts, I don't think that is a, an immediate problem just yet. And I reserve the right to say I was wrong on that, but certainly as things stand right now, uh, I do, I still, uh, I still do believe the position that structurally the forces just aren't there to feed inflation the way we saw, for example, in the 70s. That was, that was a whole different time where their forces underpinning inflation were real and they were growing. That's not the case today. And I think demographics is one of the biggest one there that would argue, argue that. Well, Walter, I would I would hang my hat on your uh, on your track record uh, uh, around things like this. Again, thanks for the the great explanation, putting historical context around it as well. And uh, we always appreciate your expertise. So thanks for stopping by. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks, Dave. Good to see you again. Great to see you.